Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Grant and Danny here on The Fan. No GP, just me, Danny Ruye with you. Ben Stanley is going to join us at 6 p.m. Got a great piece about Washington you know, the quarterback position, that old chestnut, that position they haven't gotten right in one, two, 30-plus years. But we do this each and every week. we got to catch up on the rivals, let, it, let you all know what the NFC East is doing. A little segment we like to call Blitzing the East. And joining us first from the BetQL guest hotline is Ed Kratz, Eagles today for Fan Nation Sports Illustrated. Ed, good afternoon. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. How big a loss and for how long is Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Hey, Danny. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Listen, I don't think it's a long-term injury. Um, I will say, I think if this was a playoff game that Jalen Hurts would play. Uh, but you know why uh, at this point? I mean, the Eagles have 13 wins, right? They, they, they only have one loss. They put themselves in a position where they don't have to play Jalen Hurts in this game and give that shoulder time to rest, give it time to receive the treatment it needs to get back to 100%. Um, so yeah, they, they don't need to play them. Uh, they only need to win one more game over these final three or Washington and Minnesota would have to win out, uh, because, you know, I, otherwise the Eagles are going to win the NFC East and they're going to be the number one seed. So, uh, this is a good roster, a good team. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Minshew only has to come in now and kind of manage that roster and manage this team, not make mistakes. And, uh, what the defense and, and what you have around you try to win you a game. They don't need Jalen Hurts to play. I don't think he, you know, he's going to play the rest of the year if the, if the Eagles wrap this thing up on Saturday in Dallas. And you wouldn't see Hurts until the opening weekend of the playoffs when they would play, which would be January 21st because they'd have the bye. 
Ed, you touched on it. The resume speaks for itself. There's no metric. Like, for example, you look at Minnesota, and their point differential is only plus two for the season. There's no weakness for Philadelphia. I mean, I know folks have quibbled about special teams here and there, but they're plus 143. The defense is excellent. They lead the world in, in pass rush. Offensively, they're among the, the best teams in scoring in the NFL. There's, there's nothing wrong. The resume is really, really, really good. So looking ahead to the postseason, who would have the best recipe to unseat them as the number one seed in the NFC and maybe one of the best teams in the NFL? Yeah, well, you know, everybody talks about the 49ers, you know. Uh, we'll see if Brock Purdy is kind of this year's version of Nick Foles, right, when he stepped in and won the Eagles a Super Bowl just five years ago. Uh, but that defense is awfully good, and they went to Green Bay last year. Green Bay was the number one seed, and they beat Green Bay, and they did it with special teams. Uh, a good part of that win anyway was special teams. So, you know, I think it might be a little more challenging for San Fran because they'd have to fly across country. And usually going west to east isn't, uh, you know, it's a challenging thing to do. Uh, but I would say the 49ers certainly do. And I, and I think the Cowboys, too. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they're not the perfect team. They're not playing well right now. Uh, but, you know, they have a good team. Uh, they have a lot of good players. And the Cowboys could uh, come into Philadelphia and win a game in the postseason. Uh, those are probably the two teams I, I would say that would be the biggest threat. So you can't discount Washington if they were to get in. I mean, they've already come to Philadelphia uh, and won a game by controlling the ball and piling up 40 yards or 40 minutes in time of possession. Um, so, yeah, listen, just because the Eagles have the best roster and, you know, all these Pro Bowl players and whatnot, the, the best team doesn't always win this thing. You know, you have to be a little bit lucky. You have to get, you know, a break here and there. So, uh, that's why it's the playoffs, man. Anybody has a chance. You just have to get in uh, and take your best shot at it. And how long have you been covering the Eagles? Uh, 12 years. In 12, my 12th season. 12 years. So it's fair to say you've been around the block a time or two. You know some stuff, right? So the reason yeah. I ask that is what surprised you most about this Eagles team this year? Like what's better than you thought it would be? Uh, I I would say probably it would have to be on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Jay, you could take Joe, you could say Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, nobody really thought he would be have this kind of season. So you know, take him out of the equation though, because I think that would be most people's answer. Uh, I think the defense and the ability to rush the passer. You mentioned you know they lead the world or whatever in in pass rushing. They have fifty five sacks as a team. The team record is sixty two was set back in 1989 when Reggie White was here, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown. Uh, that, to me, has been the biggest thing, is their ability to impact the quarterback uh, and, and pile up these sacks. And, you know, they've had three straight games now where they had six or more sacks. That's something that hasn't been done, you know, since, I think, 1991, again, back in that Reggie White era. Uh, I never saw that coming. They only had 29 Last year, yeah. uh, you know, they were next to dead last in the in the pass rush or the sack area, and that's down this year. Fifty five leads the league, so that to me, outside Jalen Hurts, is probably the biggest surprise for me is the ability to affect the passer and, and get home and get those sacks. Yeah, I think of those, uh, you know, whatever that was in '89. I think forty six were against Washington. It just it just off the top of my head. And <laughs> thank you, brother. Happy holidays, team man. Thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, my pleasure, Danny. Thank you. Always appreciate it. There he goes. Let's talk Giants, please. Patricia Traina, fan side, a fan nation rather, with Sports Illustrated for Giants Country, covers those New York football Giants. Huge win this past weekend at our expense, Patricia. That's a big one. Give me the confidence of it right now among the team, fan base, et cetera, about this group going to the postseason. 
Yeah, I was a big one. And sorry about that, by the way. But that's uh, your fault. No, the, Giants, <laughs> the Giants will take it. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, the Giants, the, the thing that they've done all year long, win or lose, is they don't let themselves get too high and they don't let themselves get too low. Remember, they were coming off an absolute drubbing by the Eagles the week prior. So Brian Dable, the head coach's message to them has always been flush it, move on, focus on the next week and start as if we're zero and zero. And that's the message that he's again preached this week. And that's what the players have, have uh, been following. That defense is really impressive. And, you know, we talked about this before, Patricia. So some of the sack totals aren't that gaudy. Some of the, you know, the, the, the yardage numbers aren't that ridiculous, but I'm telling you, watching them in person, they all seem to be on the same page. And, and there's certainly been moments where, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau looked like, you know, Lawrence Taylor in, in, in spots uh, this this past week. He's been great. How is this defense kind of doing it? And it feels like they're getting better as the season goes. Yeah, I think part of it is Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, never plays the same defense. Each week, and mm-hmm. even if he, you know, remember he just played Washington a couple of weeks ago prior to that game, but he never plays the same defense uh, week to week. He changes something up. It's like he's got an endless bag of tricks, and he reaches into them, and he, you know, he puts this guy over here and this guy over there, and and all of a sudden you have a, a look that you never saw before that maybe you know was an extra wrinkle that maybe the opponent didn't plan for or didn't account for. Will this team talking about your Giants? Make the postseason? I think they will. I actually think they will. I mean, obviously, they have to take care of business against the Vikings, which is no easy task. We've got to give credit to the Vikings. Um, and they also need some help. They need, you know, for two of the, the Commanders, the Seahawks, and the Lions to lose this weekend to, to clinch it. But I would say the Giants at this point have a pretty good chance of getting in, assuming that they don't collapse. Offensively, obviously the Sa- Saquon Barkley's tremendous. Uh, his production has you know been hurt a little bit as he was kind of dealing with some injuries. Seemed to be pretty explosive to me uh, uh, this past week. But where is their second option right now, Patricia, on offense? Where's someone else for, for either Daniel Jones to hand it off to, to throw it to, something? Who's somebody that defenses that are good uh, can be subject to a counter? You know, that's that's a good question. I think they, they don't have one set guy. I think what they've been trying to do is they've been rotating different guys in there. So maybe one week it's Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah um, Hodgins is another one, the receiver that they picked up mid-year. He, so he's been working into the, to the mix. Darius Slayton has been mixing into, has been working into the mix. So just every year, or, I mean, I'm sorry, every week it just seems like it's somebody different that they're, they're uh, you know, highlighting, if you will, in addition to Barkley, who you got to get the ball into his hands. He's just amazing. He is splendid. Um, Brian Dable should be coach of the year, in my opinion. He's the front runner, I, I got to feel like. Do, do kind of folks acknowledge and sort of see what's going on and, and how special he's been with this group that, frankly, should be starting their rebuild right now? This should be a, a 3-14 and 14 type team that's looking to kind of purge the roster, and yet here they are messing around going to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the job he's done with the between the injuries and then more importantly, this and this doesn't get talked about a lot, he's taken a lot of guys that uh, basically this team has picked off the scrap heap and he's turned them into contributors. You know, he's brought out the best in some of these guys that other teams didn't want. And that's a credit to him and to his coaching staff. They just 
tap into these guys, they find out what do they do well, and they put them into the right positions to make plays. And suddenly, you know, that's how you get that overachieving uh, label that this team has. But you know what? It's working. They've been winning. They've been a pleasant surprise, and they've given the fan base hope for the future. Patricia, thank you as always, and have a great holiday, okay? You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's talk about those Cowboys. Kevin Hagelin, middays on 105.3 on our sister station, the fan down in Dallas, joins us to talk about Dallas. Kevin, they flirted with disaster a couple weeks ago against Houston, and then all of a sudden last week, Jacksonville jumped up and bit them. How concerned are Cowboys folks? Okay, that's a good question, but first I want to make sure it's just me and you, Commander Danny, that's today. All it, this, I mean, this troll job has even reached Dallas. This is unbelievable. Kevin, you've, you've whooped my ass a couple times with like the here we go Cowboys thing, and I've just like taken it. Now I'm getting Commander Dannied. Oh, it's just, it's a kick to the giblets, my friend. But please go I forward. I mean, seriously, have you ever watched the Cowboys or have you ever followed the, the Cowboys? All we do is yeah. troll, make uh-huh. you believe every single year that <laughs> this is the year, and then not really. So when you ask what's going on or if people are panicking, people were ready to panic after the Houston game. Yeah. So rest assured, that after they lost to Jacksonville, you see the same thing again and again. Cowboys were pretenders, frauds. They've been like this for 27 years. And I get the 27 years part. Like, I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan. We carry a lot of baggage about this. But I don't like the idea that they were frauds. Like, if you don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, fair enough. Like, I definitely get that. But they're consistently ranked across the board by people as, like, fifth, sixth best team in the league. They are, and they're not frauds. This is now a bad yeah. couple of weeks, without question to me. But sure. they're the same group that that took Minnesota behind the woodshed and showed them all the tools, man. My question, though, Kevin, is defensively. All of a sudden, yeah. it, it was them or the Eagles that were going to be neck and neck for sacking the quarterback a million times. All of a sudden, they don't look like the same group. I'm wondering kind of when that started. And if you think that's, I don't want to say sustainable because that's not the right the word I'm looking for, but is that a trend line that people should be worried about? Yeah, I think it is a trend line that people should be worried about because you have issues at all three levels of the defense because you're talking about getting to the quarterback. Well, a lot of that is focused around Michael Parsons, who, you know, when he was on the Von Biller podcast, everybody got caught up with what he said about Jalen Hurts. Well, one of the other things that he said that I thought was way more interesting is he felt a lot more beat up because since he's been mm. playing on the line of scrimmage so much more, you get contacted every single play. Whereas, you know, at linebacker, there are certainly plays where you won't particularly run into any contact whatsoever. So I think that's part of it. And then obviously you move to the second level. They lost Leighton Vanderesh for a few weeks, Jonathan Hankins for the rest of the regular season. And then the catastrophe that's been the cornerback injury. So all three levels, there are issues. So if they get locked, how, how do I want to put this? Like, if I'm Dallas, I'm going, we're pretty much locked into the five seed. We're not catching sure. Philadelphia. And I kind of want to be there, actually. you know, That's almost the, the ideal spot because you're going on the road playing a Tampa Bay team that, that you know, is the, the, yeah, the tallest molehill here in that god-awful NFC South. So I feel like they should be on a little bit of cruise control. I wonder, though, you know, if they think maybe the Giants get hot enough and maybe come catch them, but I think they kind of want to be in that five spot. What do you think? Yeah, I think the biggest concern about that, like I definitely understand that line of reasoning, but I think the concern there is what happens after that game against Tampa or if you think Atlanta or Carolina or the Saints can pull it out is 
then you probably have to go on the road to Philly. And mm-hmm. if it's not to Philly, you go on the road against San Francisco. And if you ask people around here, San Francisco is the team that they still fear the most. because Stylistically, that looks like a nightmare matchup for the Cowboys. And so I know it was a long shot, but there were people around here, myself included, that thought they would have been able to or could have pulled out the number one seed. And then you can see some of the same teams, but they at least have to come to your building where the Cowboys have been really top-notch this year. Who is the number two option in the pass game? Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, I kind of feel like it's Tony Pollard, which is probably not yeah. what you want. Like if you're running back that shares time, Pro Bowler, albeit. But the thing about the last game is Noah Brown was having his best game. Like he had the most catches of his career. He had a couple of touchdowns. Things were looking really good. And then the catastrophic pick six, which – I will give him credit. He took uh, he took the blame for, and then Michael Gallup has continued to struggle with separation coming off the ACL. So I I kind of wonder what they're going to throw out for T Y Hilton. Not that like you should depend on that, but he's going to be ready to go. I wonder what they're going to do there, and I also wonder how they're going to deploy Tony Pollard some out of the slot. You know what I haven't asked you about previously, and I, I regret this. My impression for so many years from afar just as a pudgy idiot here in D.C., was that Mike sure. McCarthy was the ultimate just a guy. Like, he's walked and talked like a football person, so everyone just sort of assumed that he knew what he was doing. But in retrospect, he squandered so many great Green Bay teams, and like they had Seattle dead to rights, and they couldn't recover an onside kick and handed it off a million times, and that year Seattle won the Super Bowl, Green Bay should have gone, and it's a crime he only won one Super Bowl in Green Bay. He just has this rep as a football guy, and he's kind of in the way of greatness. What do you guys I'm think tell- of him down there? I'm telling you, I might be on an island here because all the Jones family talk about how great a job he's done, and I get all that. But let's say you do match up against the NFC South team to open up the playoffs, which is very likely, Mm -hmm. and you lose. I'm not so sure that that doesn't end with a dramatic conclusion for Mike McCarthy. And then the other thing, and this is why people talk so much about the coordinators, Kellen Moore on the offense. Uh Uh-huh and Dan Quinn on the defense is because there's a lot of people who just think Mike McCarthy is just kind of there and he is not as involved as you would theoretically want your head coach to be. He just has that Western Pennsylvania, like Yunes and all in football. And everyone's like, yeah, he must know what he's talking about. I'm not sure that he does. Uh, Kevin, happy holidays to you, man. Appreciate it all the time this year. Absolutely. Go Cowboys. There he goes. He got it in. That's fine. He's doing us a favor. All right. I knew it was coming. It's fine. Okay. He's doing us a favor. He's already done his job for today. He's coming on the show. It's playful. All right? I'm not the word you're thinking I am that rhymes with snitch for taking it. All right? We're good? Chase Young's playing this weekend. So saith Ron Rivera. I have some thoughts that we'll get to. That's 526 on the fan. We're spinning some plates here on Grant and Danny. Welcome back to the show. No GP, just me, Danny Ruye, with you until 6.30. One more hour to go. Ben Standing will join us at 6. Break down all things Commanders, plus a great piece he wrote about your Washington Commanders and that pesky little quarterback situation they always seem to be fighting. Uh, Quick programming note for this radio station. Tomorrow is the Junkies Drinking Show. It is always, in the best way possible, the hottest mess that there is. 
couple guys are on vacation and they're coming back for it. Just to let you know that's how big a deal it is. There have been uh, sleeping junkies on couches. There have been all sorts of stuff that has gone in all sorts of different ways. With that drinking show, it's always a lot of fun. i got a Chase Young conversation I want to have with you guys here in a moment. But first, I want to jump to the hotline real quick. Our buddy J.P. Finley is with us. Uh, J.P., thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate you jumping back on. I know you already put in a full day. But uh, all, all good, good with you? Things are good? Yeah, I'm waiting to get on a plane to San Francisco here. I'm enjoying the, the boarding process at Dulles Airport. We'll go quick because I know you got to do that. Uh, did, by the way, did you get a good group? Or are you like a group C or D number? I, so I'm group four. I don't know. If that, I, I'm guessing that's bad. No, that's but pretty I don't good. Know. That's pretty good. Of like frequent okay. flyer guys get like groups two and three, four and four is like regular good. Like five and six, that's like move aside, peasant. The adults are here. Um, yeah. So I'm a Southwest guy, and I'm flying United because Southwest options out to the West Coast are, are minimal. Gotcha. So I'm not in my normal flow. Normally, I know what I'm doing. Well, you always know what you're doing. You're a pro at this. Uh, here's why I wanted to have you on. I just saw your tweet moments ago. Sale news, and this is for the masses, at least five and possibly as many as seven bidders expected for the commanders per multiple sources. Bids due tomorrow at 1223. Price tag was believed to be at least $6 billion, but after sun sale, that's gone up. Market is brisk. Commanders have no comment. So you saw the Forbes article, I'm assuming, about that value there, and I've been skeptical all along that Dan Snyder is going to follow through. My question is pretty simple, JP. Just have a couple for you. Does this feel real to you? Like, does this feel like this is moving forward? This is happening. It's a thing, and it's not some sort of clever ruse. Um, you know, I've been I've been somewhat somewhere between like skeptical and believing throughout the process, and and you've got to allow that. There's this constant Dan Snyder wild card, right? Like, uh-huh. there's. There's a very real, he may decide at the last minute it's not enough money or he doesn't want to do it or, or whatever. And, and so, like, I, I've been hesitant to ever say, like, 100% this is happening. But, you know, I, I was in Dallas last week at the NFL owners meetings. And, yeah, what's up, man? You're good. I'm on the radio. You're good. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, being down there and talking to a number of people kind of league-wide, like, I got the very distinct feel this is happening. Um, and there are people, but let me be clear. There are, there are people close to that, that know Dan that have, have seen the body of work that are like, man, I'll believe it when I see it. So, so if you like, sound like you're kind of skeptical of it. My boy, Mitch Tischler skeptical of it. Like yeah. I, I get that. And I think it's a, a reasonable place to be. Um, I just, I believe that the, the dollar amounts are getting pretty staggering the people involved are the real deal. And then if you think about some of the people we, we don't know, but we expect to be involved. Some of the people that were involved in the Broncos bidding, um, you know, this isn't going to be the last NFL team that comes up for sale. There's it, it's believed that, you know, Seattle could come up soon. There's some legal wrangling going on with the LA chargers. Like there's, there's a lot going on out there. So, Whoever doesn't get, let, let's say you got you got five legit bids coming in that are vetted, that are real. They have mm-hmm. the cash, they have the people, they have all of it. Okay, somebody doesn't get this one, right? You want them to feel like they've been yanked around by the league in a process where another team's going to come for sale? Because there's there's only so many people, so many groups on the planet that can really get this sort of thing done. Um, and then if you look kind of further out, there's some mechanisms in place 
that, that I think would make it pretty difficult for, for Dan to hold on long-term. Maybe he can elongate the sale process so that he, you know, sells a bit now, a bit more in three years and a bit more in six years or something just to, to stretch this thing out. But everybody talks about the, the money that comes due to the league, the loan to buy out the other people, but consider that like the only way he can bring on a limited partner to get a cash infusion is to get that approved by the league. So there may not be 24 votes to vote him out. I, I, frankly, I don't think they want to vote him out, but I don't know that there are 24 votes to help him stay. And, and that's what that becomes. So I, 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 most of me believes this is real. Um, if I did, like my, where I'm at is about, I've heard a million people and Danny, I can only imagine the texts and, and stuff you've gotten about uh-huh. people telling you that it's Bezos and, and I'm not closing the door on that at all, but I've had plenty of, of people I believe know what they're talking about say it's not Bezos. So like for me, it's like, all right, 50% chance Bezos, 50% chance Dan ain't selling and what's left 70%, 70% tells me there's a lot of really, really rich people trying to put together a really, really strong bid and get the commanders. JP Finley, kind of up to hop on with us here for a minute before he boards the plane to San Fran. One more question for you, buddy, then I'll let you board. Um, I've argued a couple things. One, that $7 billion number that just sort of gets thrown around a lot, I think has come from Dan. Not Maybe not Dan's mouth, but someone benefiting him, right? Because that changes the eye line. That, you know, that's kind of this, this is what it's going to take now, even though six is a record, five, five is a record, four, eight is a record, you know, you know the, the whole line there. And if he doesn't get it, I think what's happening now is because we all believe he's selling, there's no heat on him. Like that congressional report drops and nobody said peep because we're just, yeah, whatever, he's fine, it's going, it's going. He's buying himself some time. I'm with you. I know that those factors are at the end of the tunnel, but he's going to have years where nobody's going to say anything if he doesn't get his this uh, mythical asking price maybe that he's asking for. What's your response to that? Entirely possible. I think the fact that the Phoenix Suns just sold for $4 billion mm-hmm. kind of pokes some holes in that, though. Like, NFL teams are worth more than, NFL, than NBA teams. Yeah. DC is a much bigger market than Phoenix, if you're talking in, entire metro district. Um, I think I, I was told the number was going to be six for a lot of these bidders, and then that sun sale went down. Sorry, that was Brussels, not San Francisco. All right, nice. Um, <laughs> Cool scenario. I, I you think, should go there someday. I've been. Uh, <laughs> La Manican peace. Um, I think uh, I think the sun sale has kind of microwaved this thing. And, and, and that just makes sense, right? Like, um, it, 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 I, I, the one thing I keep hearing, and maybe you've read this in places, I don't know, but I keep hearing this thing about distressed asset. Yep. And, and basically there is this belief out there in a business community that, you can, the commander should be earning so much more than they are. And, and I think if you look at some of these, some of the rumored bidders, right? Like, like this dude, um, Harris that owns the Sixers, owns the devils, just bought a piece of crystal palace. I think this dude knows what he's doing in the pro sports space. Like this isn't a whimsical, uh, I'm going to buy this team. Like this is, <laughs> this is a guy that knows what he's doing. Like the devils are, out of nowhere in first place and selling out their arena in Newark. And, and the Sixers have been a contender now for four or five years, I maybe three years. But I, I just – it's 
hard to believe that all these people are just getting yanked around. Maybe they are. I, I allow that it's a possibility, but I, I think you're dealing with real deal heavy hitters. Well, JP, have a great flight, buddy. Good trip. Happy holidays to you, pal. Thanks for the time. Thanks, man. You too, Danny. You got it, brother. There he goes. JP Finley from B. Mitch and Finley. Appreciate him hopping on there in short notice. I just saw his tweet. Now, he would say tweet, but I say tweet. And I saw that. And I said, well, let's grab him on real quick to provide some clarity. And he did just that at Dulles Airport. Uh, so you have it. So I want to move to this Chase Young situation, right? Ron Rivera said he's going to play. In fact, we have proof that Ron Rivera said that very thing. There, she got that audio ready to rock and roll. Let's play that. Here's what Ron Rivera said. Um, good. Uh, a lot of positive things. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's now. I mean, he's, he, he felt really good this week. I think, again, seeing Dr. Andrews probably was the last final thing that he just – just to get him over the hump. And he's, he practiced with confidence. He showed us he was willing just to stick that leg in the ground and roll off of it, uh, plant it and cut off of it. So he's, um, he had a good week, so we're pretty excited about that. Chase Young is going to go. That's the report. That's what everybody's assuming. That's what everybody's running with. Number one, I'll Lee Corso this thing for you. Not so fast, my friend. Number one, I'm not so sure. Now, at the risk of being wrong, in about 23 hours, I'll say I'm not so sure about that. If he plays, I guess I'm couching it in a very comfortable way, where if he plays, I just said I wasn't sure. I didn't say he wasn't playing. Oh, you can't prove it. I'm just saying I'm not so sure just yet. Here's what I think happened, and I want your reaction to this. 800-636-1067. So for the last, what would you say, Darius, five weeks, give or take, we've done the following cycle. Ron Rivera, beep boop, boop, beep boop. Hello, this is Adam Schefter. I can't answer the phone right now. Please leave a message. Drop some files, and I'll report them. Add the tone. Beep. Just kidding. The real beep's coming. Boom, right? Hey. Adam, how's it going? It's Ron Rivera. Okay, really is. This is both interesting and important, but we really do. We think Chase Young's going to play this weekend. A young man's worked real hard. Okay. He's rehabbed his knee. Did you know there was something with his other leg, too? Hey, anybody mentioned that? But we're not supposed to tell how, how serious the kid's injury is. We really aren't. But anyway, he's going to play this weekend. Beep. I'm just kidding. The real beep's coming. And then the article comes out, or the report comes out, that he's going to play. And then, late in the week, everyone is on the same page, we swear, but it looks like Chase Young will go this week. And it's going to be next week. But the team is on the same page as Chase Young. And he's representatives. Right? We've done that five times. Different people. It's been in Rappaport. It's been Shefty. It's been everybody under the sun. We've done this a bunch of times. I think the team got tired. When I say the team, I really mean Ron Rivera. I think old Double R got sick of doing this. I think he got sick of doing this little dance where he thinks one thing after he leaves the meeting. He's done everything but basically point at a picture of Chase Young and say he needs to play. If you look at what he said at the podium, he's gone. You can go back and look through it if you if you desire to. I'll give you the cliff notes. Three weeks ago, he's like, the only thing left for the guy to do is play. He's as clear as clear can be. Nobody can be more clear. He just got to get game reps, man. Has to happen. That's what we're pushing for. Obviously, we can't play him until he's ready, blah, 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 blah. We need him to play. We're ready for him to play. This week, please... Want to play. We got to have you come forth and play. This is the whole point of anything. It's the whole point of training camp. It's the whole point of, of every practice rep. It's the whole point of rehabbing all those hours that you rehab. It's for these kinds of games. December football that matters for a chance to go to the playoffs. It's the whole point, man. You can see how much it means. We got another video that we're putting out about a bunch of guys who have gone through it. Who are so excited to be recognized. Tressway, Jeremy Reeves, Terry McLaurin, John Allen. We need all hands on deck here. 
He didn't say comma chase, but he might as well have, right? You know who he's talking about. Here's what I think happened. He finally got tired of doing the mixed messages. I think he finally got tired of having the conversation on a Tuesday and then not have it happen on a Friday or Saturday or whatever and doing the next week thing. I think he said he's going. We think he's going to put the ball into Chase Young and his team's court. That's what I think happened. Chase Young very well might play this week. He might very well have played each of the last several weeks. One time, it wasn't his leg. He was sick, which nobody was really sure about. And yes, I'm using air quotation marks. I think ultimately, he there's a chance he does play this weekend. I think that's the shift. I think that's what happened. I'm not reporting anything. I have no inside information at all. I'm just reading the same reports and listening to the same uh, press conferences you guys are. I think Rivera finally got sick of it. Got sick of begging this guy to play and basically was like, yep, he's playing. That's how we're going to handle this. I'm going to walk up there and say he's in. And if he's not, you can ask him why. Because everybody crowds around Chase Young's locker. They ask him the questions. His tone has remained the same. I'm a confident guy. <laughs> Didn't play. I believe in myself. When I get out there, I'm out there. We're, my plan, we're sticking to the plan. First of all, what plan? Whose plan? Is it your plan? It's not mine. It's not theirs. No one seems to have a plan. So he's going to have to answer for it now. I think that's exactly what happened. They're putting a little extra pressure on Chase to play. That's what I think. What do you think? 800-636-1067. Ben Standing at 6. Your call's next on The Fan. True story. If you missed this yesterday, I got gifts for everybody I, I work with here on the show. For Grant and, and Ryan Adair. So I wanted to have everybody's gift yesterday to be able to give them because it was going to be Grant's last show. I got Grant his. There was a story that involved Darius and also involves my dad and long and short. Legally, I think Darius is actually my father now based on that gift. But the other part of it is Ryan's gift hadn't gotten here yet, even though it was supposed to have. And Ryan was just talking to me, literally just now. I'm not kidding you. And I received an email and it was like, hey, your gift for Ryan will now arrive between December 27th and 29th. So, anyway, you want to check that out, grantnady.com for the podcast or uh, the old Odyssey app with the rewind function. So, I'll do this real quick. Uh, I'll summarize my theory. I think Ron and company finally got so tired of basically believing each week that Chase Young was going to play based on conversations, information, whatever, that Ron just went to the podium and said he's playing. To basically put the ball in Chase Young's court. I think that's what happened. I could be wrong about that. I'm not based on any information other than what's publicly available. Just reading the tea leaves. I want to see what you guys think about that. Nick in Winchester. Good afternoon, man. You're on the fan. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Hey, um, my thoughts throughout this whole thing is, uh, I would have to, first of all, I have to agree with you, the Ron Rivera thing. I think he's tired of everybody just, you know, just all the questions, all yep. the whole Chase thing and saying, and and just saying, you know what? If he doesn't play, then you go ask him why. It, you know, you're exactly right. In terms of Chase Young, you know, the whole situation, I think they should just shut him down for the rest of the season because, in my opinion, two things. One, I don't think we're making the playoffs. I don't see us beating San Francisco. Uh, Cleveland goes either way, and then 
Dallas, we win if they rest their starters, which they might do. Now, the reason why Chase Young is – reason why, number two, we, why we should uh, shut him down is mm-hmm. because he has yet to show that he is like a Nick Bosa or Micah Parsons or Khalil Mack or whatever to come in and absolutely change the game, wreck the game. It's not that he doesn't have the potential, but it's he doesn't have enough games to do so. We haven't like, seen he's him yet. hurt. Nick, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. To, to Nick's point, I, I don't know what to expect. I heard a great conversation with, uh, with J.P. and B. Mitch this afternoon talking about this uh, as to kind of what to expect. And, and for me, this is, this is one of those – I'm, I'm fairly unique in this. I know I'm annoying to a lot of fans who care about this week, this season, you know, the, whatever's at stake here. I'm a – I will sacrifice quarters, halves, games, weeks, seasons, months, whatever on the path to greatness. To me, greatness eventually has to happen with my number two overall pick being outstanding. Whatever I have to do to get that can help make me great. I don't care if they drop a game against San Francisco because he's rushing the passer instead of Casey Tuhill. People don't see it that way. I understand that, by the way. I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. What I'm saying is he's too important. Whatever he needs to be the best, we have to do that. If that means he needs to get his feet wet this year, then I'm all for that. If it's 10 plays, 12 plays, 20 plays, he's been taking up a roster spot each of the last several weeks where he hasn't come close to playing. That matters, especially down the stretch when everyone's beat up. Jeff and Alexandria, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, man. Um, so I agree with you that Ron Rivera's tired of it, and he's kind of putting the ball in Chase Young's court. But I think his, I think most of it has been Ron Rivera. Um holding him back because we've been through this with players before, lingering injuries that they try and come back too early, i.e. Curtis Samuel on the side field. Um, Chase Young is a number two overall pick, so he's being extra cautious with him. But we're at the point in the season where a 90% Chase Young is better than 100% Casey Tuhill. And we know that. The coach knows that. And he might have been ready a week or two before, but the defense has been playing so well that there was no need to rush him back. At this point, you need a boost. And like I said, even if he's 90%, I think that's better than the alternatives at that side of the line. I mean, you got one definite pro bowler in John Allen, two alternates in Payne Sweat. Defense has been rocking. But I'm excited for him to come back. I hope he plays well. Me too. And I hope it was the right decision. Thank Thanks, you, Jeff. Paul. Appreciate you. Jump to Ryan in Fredericksburg. Ryan, good afternoon. You're on the fan. Hey, Danny, man. Love the show. Uh, you, you guys are awesome. Happy holidays to your family, man. You too, brother. So let me get this. So here's my question. I'm actually going to throw you out the box here. So what if what if uh, Chase Young is essentially just sandbagging because he doesn't want to play here? And he's just hoping that maybe we trade him because of all the you know BS that we've dealt here as an organization. I mean, realistically, we're not going to be able to keep Payne, Allen, and then pay Sweat. I mean, what about the theory of maybe actually trading him? As much as I love the guy, I mean, he, he's, he says he's the D.C. savior, but like – what if we trade him essentially and 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 get something for him, or maybe he just doesn't want to play here and he's just holding out? Ryan, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. I will say this: that's not the first I've heard that. Now I'm not talking about like reports, but people have floated that. There seems to be a souring that took place. That happens when expectations are are super high and they're not met, even if those expectations were unfair, which I've always argued. It's interesting. That's all I'll say. It's something to monitor for sure. That relationship. Ben Standing's going to join us here at 6 o'clock. We're at a great piece in The Athletic, and we're going to talk about it. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.